Welcome back to the Get Cute Podcast, and today we are going to be talking about remote work. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. We are back for another week. As always, I'm going to start the episode out by thanking everyone that has left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's very helpful for me. It's even more helpful that when you leave a five-star review, you also leave a comment. Um, I'm not exactly sure why the algorithm works this way, but I've noticed that if you leave a five-star review plus a comment, it factors you higher on the charts. I already know I'm already asking for a lot, but if you could do that as well, that would be great. You don't have to say anything that's going to stroke my ego. You could literally just say the word cat, even though I love cats, that would be great. Um, It just really helps for the business side of things and would be greatly appreciated. So today I am talking about remote work, mainly because right now I'm at the point in my career where being a remote software engineer is looking more and more like a possibility that I want to take. Um, I would say would more than likely be my next tier dream job. I already have one dream job that I I have in my sights that I'm pretty much gearing up everything that I'm doing in every role that I've had to reach the achievement of working at said company. I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to jinx it. But for right now, I think remote work is something that I'm looking into more and more. And in my current position at my current company, I already do a lot of remote work. I probably work at least one day uh, a week at home remotely. So I figured that it would probably be a really good idea to to share what personally works for me when I am working from home and then also give um, a little bit more information as far as what things you may want to do if your job is completely remote as well. More and more technical companies are actually starting to move toward a completely remote workforce, which is amazing because it kind of puts the rest this idea that you can't be a successful software engineer or a successful company with a successful product unless you have all of your engineers and your product staff in one place to work. While this is great for people that are working in technology, I have my own reasons or theories that I think companies are starting to look into a completely remote workforce. Exhibit A. Property is very expensive and it's also starting to become very hard to come by. For companies that like all of their engineers in one solitary place, it's becoming increasingly hard to actually have the room for all of these technologists. Every single job that I've had, the company has always had issues with seating. And as an engineer, I was just thinking to myself, why don't you just allow us to work from home? It saves us having to shuffle our seats around. It saves us from having to wonder if we're actually going to have a desk if we come in like five minutes late to work. All of it could be solved if you just let us work from home. And the funny thing is, most of these companies already had the capabilities in place for people to work in home. And by capabilities, I'm talking about VPNs, which are virtual private networks, or in a couple instances, virtual machines. We can also assume that most companies are paranoid that for some reason, if somebody works from home, they're more than likely not going to be doing any work. And to that I say, not really. If somebody just doesn't want to do any work, the chances are they would just take the day off. And then you're really getting 0% productivity. 
personally, my productivity suffers when I know that my coworkers and my manager are sitting right next to me and I can feel them looking at my computer screen to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So then I just stop working completely because I guess I have performance anxiety and I just can't find myself being comfortable working. Yet when I work remotely, either it be on my couch or in the Starbucks cafe, I can get a lot more done because I'm not constantly worrying about somebody judging me if I'm Googling something really basic on my screen and not having that brought up in a review at some point, which yes, that has happened to me very recently. According to Owl Labs 2018 Global State of Remote Work Survey, in the survey, they polled 3,028 employees across six continents. 24% of these people were more likely to feel happy and productive. I will also leave a link to the Owl Labs survey in the show notes for this episode because I don't really like spouting off statistics without you being able to look at the research and look at the numbers yourself. Exhibit B, relocation costs. For a software engineer, relocation costs are amazing because a lot of companies just throw obscene amounts of money at you in order for you to upheave your life and move to any coast or city. So yes, in theory, that's great. But you know also what would be great? Them just putting that money into your salary and then just being able to remote work. And the reason I'm bringing up relocation costs is because It might actually be cheaper for companies to invest in technologies such as secure VPNs or VMs in order for their workers to actually work remote versus shelling out thousands of dollars per new hire just to have them move. While remote work sounds like all fun and games for us, the people that actually want to work from home, it would be irresponsible of me to not mention the obvious thing that would cause a lot of companies to not want to necessarily have a lot of remote workers and it's cybersecurity. Over the past two to three years, we've seen a lot of major breaches from a lot of major companies where we thought that information was safe and it's just not. A lot of companies combat this with remote workers, with giving them a machine that has security software already installed on it and something that they can control remotely as well. So if something seems a little fishy, they can shut down and kill that computer remotely, which is really nice. And as I said earlier in the episode as well, there's also secure VPNs and secure VMs. Not to say that any of this is going to prevent a cybersecurity breach because cybersecurity also deals with how you're handling your code and your infrastructure inside of the company. It's not just reliant on software and hardware that you're giving to your remote workers. So having a remote staff, there's a very large and secure foundation that your company has to have before you just start having remote workers. So now you've found your fully remote job of your dreams. How do you set yourself up to be successful? As much as your environment can play a part in how successful you are, you also have to realize that it's going to come down to you and how you manage yourself. I know that I've talked about time management and the productivity journal, which I absolutely love and will link in the show notes. Again, I'm not sponsored by them. This journal has just absolutely changed my life. Um, It is very important for you to be able to manage your time and your tasks accordingly. Usually in in an office environment, you have someone that is going to be holding you accountable. Not to say that that doesn't happen in remote jobs as well, because if you're part of an agile team, usually your stand-ups are going to be able to hold you accountable for that. But there's also the physical component of that where your manager or your tech lead or your coworkers are right there to make sure that you're staying on track. So when you are away from that environment, you have to make sure that you are keeping yourself on track and only you will be able to know your own pace. 
communication with your team is important anyway, but when you're a remote worker, it's absolutely even more important, mainly because you know that your manager, your tech lead is going to be paranoid to if you're actually doing any work or not. So when I'm at home, I usually err on the side of too much communication is better than no communication. One thing that I focus on that when I'm working from home and I sometimes I don't do it at work because I'll just update the tasks before I go into my stand-up the day of, but update your tickets in whatever software you happen to use to track your work. I'm a Jira girl, so we use Jira. At the end of the day, even if you've been in a somewhat constant communication with your team, as I said, I err on the side of over-communication, but I also put that communication within the ticket because it can get lost in a Slack channel or a private message with your manager or tech lead, so it's just nice to have two sides of records and just in case something happens. Also, this is so important, attend all of your meetings. I mean, if you're able to, because sometimes we work from home when we know that we have maybe an hour or two that we have to go to doctor's appointments or something, you know, life just happens. But you need to also actively participate in those meetings. I am guilty of attending a meeting sometimes and zoning out mainly because I'm working on other things and I'm not actively participating in it. But to be fair, I do that in the office as well. And I know a lot of you do the same thing too, because a lot of the times you're in meetings and you're thinking this could have just been an email or better yet, it could have been a Slack message. But I digress. Be an active participant, but don't talk just for the sake of talking. Only talk when you have something of value to add. Otherwise, I mean, it's fine. You'll just get the, Jocelyn, do you have anything to add? Question in the middle of the meeting. And really, no. If I had something to ask or add, I would have just said so. So we've covered time management and your productivity. So what about your environment? So if you're actually working from home, meaning from your physical home, it's really a good idea to set up a space that is going to be designated as your office. It's really hard for me because my apartment is less than a thousand square feet and it's kind of laid out slightly oddly. So for me, I have to have my office on my kitchen counter, but that's good because it forces me off the couch where I've been known to just vegetate. Uh, and it allows me to have room for my laptop, both laptops, my iPad, and note taking, which is really important. Uh, for me, it's really important to make sure that your workspace doesn't coincide with somewhere that you have comfort as well, mainly because I feel myself, like I said before, vegetate or just start to slack off. But if I'm sitting at my counter, I know in my mind that it's go time and it's work time. So that helps for me. It's also important because it helps you not be distracted as much with television, housework, family responsibilities, etc. Um, obviously, this would be better if you are able to have a room or an office where you can kind of just close off and just focus on work. If your roommate, partner, family are going to be home during your work hours, it's really important to set up a communication with them to let them know when your work hours actually are and what the designated times are for them to be able to ask you something. There's nothing worse than when you are in a meeting and you have somebody come in and loudly ask you a question while you're talking so you're not on mute and you have to do the awkward, let me mute myself, hey person, I'm in a meeting, can you come back in 15 minutes? It's just nice to let people know that what your schedule is for that day, what meetings you have and when they're actually able to communicate with you. And if it's not urgent, just tell them to send you a text because that's easy to mitigate versus them just barging in when you're on webcam on Zoom. 
if you know for a fact that there is no way that you're going to be able to be productive if you work from home in your actual home, there's always the option of having a co-working space. Co-working spaces over the past couple of years have become very popular, and I can't say enough good things about them. It's important that you find a co-working space that is conducive to your lifestyle. A lot of people choose fully remote work because they like traveling, and because they like traveling, typically they have a membership with a co-working space that allows them to drop into any city and allows them to have a space to work. Now, if you're not traveling, it's really important to find a co-working space that has the amenities that you need to be successful. And amenities differ per person, obviously. For me, an amenity that I would like to have is a Starbucks nearby, and the co-working space in my city happens to be in the building as a Starbucks. So that's really important to me. Whereas for some other people, they just want to have a comfortable seat and a desk, and that's really it. And that's fine. Some co-working spaces do offer enclosed office spaces as an option from general seating space. Just in case you are somebody that needs quiet outside of just using noise-canceling headphones and you're easily distracted, that's also a good option. But do note that usually for the monthly fee, those are going to be a percentage higher. If the cost of a co-working space is something that you're kind of wrinkling your nose up at, just keep in mind that some companies that do offer fully remote positions will actually pay for your co-working space fee as well. Overall, I love the idea of remote work and I do realize that more companies are going to jump on the bandwagon and allow people more and more to work remotely and I think that's just awesome because it's due time to allow people to have a true work-life balance versus just forcing them to sit at their desk for nine hours a day just so you can keep an eye on them to make sure they're doing what they're doing. If you've ever thought of remote work, I suggest you go out there and find a job that allows that. There are a lot of companies that are offering remote positions. I mentioned a few already, but a quick Google search or just a job searching engine will help you find a lot more in your area. And that is it for today's episode. If you like the episode or if you like any of the episodes, feel free to leave me a five-star review and comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. As I said in the beginning of the episode, it's a business thing and it really helps as far as getting us up the charts and for more people to notice me. And as a Leo, you know that the best thing about us is that we love being noticed. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at thegetcutepodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to add the podcast on social media at getcutepodcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you know what? I think that is the end of the episode. I really don't have anything else to add or to announce. So I will see y'all next week and have a good one. Bye.